Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the 2024 presidential race. I'm not happy. I always think these things start too early, but it's just the nature of the business. And it's not new. I mean, I remember very well Barack Obama declared his candidacy at at this time in 2007. So it's not like it's anything new. That it, to me, it's just like, oh, here we go. And it kind of foreshadows everything else in politics. So really, whatever is going on in Congress becomes like the second story in politics because the presidential race is everything. But we're already getting the sense that our liberal news media hates all the Republicans who are either in the race or might be in the race because... Democrats are reporters and reporters are Democrats. Now, this has ever been the case, but, you know, in the book, Brent Bozell and I did collusion about the 2012 campaign. They did this. We laid it out how every Republican frontrunner or perceived Republican frontrunner got trashed by the press one after another, starting about this time, 12 years ago, with Sarah Palin where they had this nasty, all kinds of nasty stories about Sarah Palin. Now, she did not end up running for president, but they certainly treated it like she was. And then maybe after they uncorked all the slime, they said, see, our slime worked. Then came Michelle Bachman. Many of us remember the Newsweek cover photo that made her look like a kook. And their headline was Queen of Rage. Primal Rage. And it just would keep going to the next one. Texas Governor Rick Perry, the Washington Post, uncorked a story about how somehow there was a racist rock on some hunting property he had that was painted over. You'd think the painted over part would matter. (laughs) But the Washington Post was like, we're very concerned. Herman Cain. Everybody remember Herman Cain? Yes, Herman Cain had a girlfriend uh, back when... uh, And they had a hundred stories on that on the networks before we actually had a name or a face. They didn't care. It was all destruction all the time. Then it was Newt Gingrich. Let's mess around in Newt Gingrich's personal life. That's always fun. Then even Rick Santorum. Now, people forget this in 2012 that Rick Santorum basically tied or, or won a tiny bit in the Iowa caucuses in 2012, but because the Iowa caucuses are what they are, they're kind of a mess, it took like a week after the caucus to say, actually, Santorum won narrowly. <laughs> That's not what came out the night of the caucuses. But they had done this set of stories, or, or Newsweek had a story. Who did Rick Santorum's wife date before him? She dated an abortion doctor. You know, So they had all of these stories, just a whole lineup, trashing every Republican frontrunner. And then, of course, they got to Romney. And then, of course, there the Washington Post, after doing uh, Rick Perry's rock, turned around and said, Mitt Romney gave a kid an involuntary haircut in prep school. You know, this is the... (laughs) This is what hack operations like the Washington Post do... And you can say, well, this is a well-reported story. Sometimes it's a well-reported story, and a lot of times 
it's not. I, you know, the story on The Rock was super lame. The story on the haircut was super lame. Um, and obviously, if you've switched the parties, they would never let that thing out of the newsroom. So now we turn around to, obviously, Donald Trump, uh, still president in his own mind, has declared he's running for president. Why don't you actually concede that you lost the last one before you're allowed to run in the new one? And now we have Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley had an announcement video. And here's your test. Will the news media say, we kind of like her? She's a woman of color. She's more moderate than Trump. No, 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 no. They're going to trash her. So this was some of the, uh, the lingo that she had in the announcement video. Uh, she came from India. My parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Okay. And that's true. And she was showing, you know, a, they had a picture of AOC. They had a picture of the 1619 Project. These are people who say America is still systematically racist. And no one was more horribly racist than the founders. So for trying to say this, to appeal to Republicans, Nick Fonda Caro came to us to give us the highlights from the morons on The View. It's an ABC News program. No, it's not. I mean, it might technically be ABC News. You can't call this a news program any more than you could call Drew Barrymore's show a news program. But of course, Whoopi Goldberg had to lash out at Nikki Haley because somehow if you like the Founding Fathers, you're like sleepwalking. Let's get a listen to this. You know, since you have been asleep all this time and you just woke up, you're just finding out that there are things about our country that are not perfect. And for us to pretend that it is and that nothing happened is ridiculous. So you're not saying anything new. And you of all people should know better because you used to actually have some sanity and knew right from wrong. Yes, and then you lost your mind and, and went in some new direction. So don't do that. Well, she's part of the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, there are these there are these politicians on the right who now have become, like, mentally crazy, you know. But her problem is that, you know, not only was she a big uh, Trump supporter, and elect, uh, she's an election denier, too, isn't she? At one she, point. At one, one point, point she, was. she changed. She flip-flopped on that. Yeah. yeah. Now, Joy Behar had to come back and say, well, Haley never denied Biden won. Well, it's because they don't know what they're talking about. Why does anybody... Listen to these people like they're the slightest fraction of an expert. Then Sonny Hostin claimed, well, Haley was, she was somehow election denier adjacent, and that's just as bad. I mean, this is just how furiously partisan these women are on The View. She's not pretending that nothing racist ever happened in America. You know, this is the kind of pomposity and idiocy that we're getting from liberals. That if you don't like critical race theory, that you're denying that slavery existed or Jim Crow existed. And it's like, no, actually, those are all fine Democrat Party institutions. That's the part of history you want to constantly forget. So then, for once, Alyssa Farrah Griffin had something nice to say about a Republican uh, uh, because she was in the Trump administration. She said, 
about Nikki Haley. I've seen her take on dictators straight to their face. In every room I've been in with her, she's the smartest in the room. And of course, Whoopi Goldberg laughs and Joy Behar says, that doesn't say much. Yes, when you're called mentally crazy by Joy Behar, yes, it's being called ugly by an ugly person. Uh, yeah, they, You know, when they think somehow that Whoopi and jo- Joy think they're smarter than Nikki Haley, I think we'd all like to see Joy and Whoopi go up against Nikki Haley on Jeopardy or something. How would that go? I don't think it would go well for them. You know, the fact that they always have to come back for commercials and correct themselves suggests they're not the smartest people in the world. Then Sonny Hostin went back on this jaunt that she regularly goes on, that Haley is a grifter and a chameleon. Now, the obvious joke here is if Sonny Hostin objects to chameleons in her presence, why did you let The View hire Alyssa Farah? I mean, she's obviously transformed dramatically to fit on that show. So nobody who's voting in a Republican primary is going to say, I don't know. I'm trying to decide who to vote for. I wonder what Whoopi and Joy and Sonny Hostin tell me I should vote for. Then over on CNN, Alex Christie looking at Dana Bash. Dana Bash didn't like that opening video either, remarking she has an image of AOC looking angry, and she has another image of an African-American woman. Well, yeah, they don't show you who it is. It's not Nicole Hannah-Jones, but it's clearly a snippet from MSNBC and the Chiron talks about the 1619 Project. That's a visual cue. She's saying the 1619 Project is racist gunk. It's Black Lives Matter crap. And then Dana Bash says, I thought that was absolutely fascinating because she is a woman of color. And she's trying to show that she's with the Republicans when it comes to the culture wars and everything that Ron DeSantis and you name it have been talking about when it comes to trying to exploit the differences on ethnicity and race as opposed to bringing them together. Dana Bash actually said that. This is CNN? There for bringing people together on ethnicity and race? Yeah, could have fooled me. We all remember Van Jones on the night in 2016 going, this is a white lash. It's a white lash. I'm embarrassed for my black children that this guy got elected. And somehow CNN, they're for bringing people together. These are the people where Omar Jimenez stands in front of a race riot. There's like flames behind him and he goes, oh, here in Kenosha, it's mostly peaceful. They're incredibly divisive people. They divide people by race on a daily basis. That's what they're all about. It's their bag, baby. There's, this is the kind of thing that actually drives me nuts more than anything else. Be as divisive as you want, but then don't pose as you're the one that's opposed to being divisive. Liberals are so annoying when they do that. Politics is division. It's divisive. You want to say, don't vote for that guy, vote for me. You can't win like John McCain tried to do. Well, Barack Obama would be a fine president. Well, then why would they vote for you? You can't win by saying, oh, the other guy's sure is swell. Now, you can treat them as a, as a, a nice human being. That's, that's fine. This is, you know, Reagan kind of said, well, there he goes again. You know, <laughs> and that didn't say, well, Jimmy Carter's a moron and everybody can see it. 
No, it's you can do it in a dignified way. Then Alex Christie also noted Stephen Colbert mocked Nikki Haley in her culture war red meat. Like the left doesn't have culture war red meat. Well, they might say we have, I don't know, culture war tofu missiles. This is them again saying a culture war is when a conservative objects to us. We're going to make sure we, you know, we cut off your five-year-old's penis because they're obviously a girl. But you're starting the culture war by objecting. They're waging a culture war all the time. The entire gender theory is culture war. Critical race theory is culture war. Abortion on demand at any time, including after birth. Take that, independent fact checkers. You can't say abortion after birth. Yeah. We can, because it happens. Culture war, red meat. Yeah, here's what he said. She went on to toss out some classic culture war red meat. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist. Yeah, she knows America's not racist. She learned that as a little girl in her hometown that was split by a railroad track right down the middle to keep the white people on one side and the black people on the other. You know, not racist. Now, if you watch the uh, Haley announcement video on YouTube or whatever, she explicitly says, my town was split by a railroad track down the middle to keep the white people on one side and the blacks on the other, or that's just the way that people lived. This is the 1970s. You would think at some point they'd be a little more integrated than that, but she's basically trying to say the country's come a long way. She is explicitly identifying herself as I wasn't white, I wasn't black, I was something else. That's part of her appeal. But, uh, you know, she's trying to say the country has come together. But if you're on the left, it's forever 1972 or 1956 or 1865. America never progresses. They're very explicit in saying, and nothing has changed since the 50s. They'll say junk like that. So, you know, it's a millionaire black anchor sitting in a studio in New York saying America's hopelessly racist. And they wonder why people point and laugh. Now, here's a little fun fact for you. Nikki Haley's father moved the family from Canada to South Carolina for a job teaching at Voorhees College, which is a historically black college. None of that matters, of course, if you're a Republican, because we're just going to presume you're anti-black. That's just part of the game. For example, Curtis Houck, he watched a bunch of the coverage right around Nikki Haley's formal announcement on CNN Jake Tapper went to Abby Phillip who hosts Sunday Inside Politics she said one of the biggest moments of her speech was when she declared America is not a racist country well that obviously is something CNN can't stand so let's just say it you know they should put that in their commercials ba ba CNN because America is racist Uh, Philip lashed out by saying Haley can't get around race, starting with the fact that she's from South Carolina, 
which has a really horrible, violent, racist history. And I think she knows she has to address that. Well, she's not running around saying Jim Clyburn has to account for it. I'm not sure she would say Tim Scott has to account for it if he runs for president in this cycle. But this is just her way of saying what they all say. And that is, well, the Republicans are racist, so she has a problem there. She basically suggested Haley knows the Republican base doesn't want to hear that America is racist in 2023. They certainly don't want to hear that they're all racists. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, the sentence was, she's delivering a message that she knows Republican voters are going to receive in a certain way, in exactly the way that they want to hear it. So this is them saying code. She's using code words. Just the same way that Soledad O'Brien now, old CNN hand, is running around saying the word woke is like saying the N-word. See, you can always take words that conservatives actually use and then try to say they're code words for something horrible. That's a neat game. Can we play that with the liberals? <sighs> yes, with Republican voters, the only thing they want to hear is America is not a racist country. But obviously the issues are more complex than that. Oh yes, liberals, they're always so complex. Republicans are simpletons, and the liberals are so complex. You know, CNN never says, gee, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris knows that their base wants to hear that America is a deeply racist country, and gee, that might actually cause them problems in a general election. They don't talk about appeals to the Democrat or the leftist base. I mean, they barely acknowledge that in a primary. Because reporters are Democrats, and Democrats are reporters. Also on CNN, weekday inside politics host John King said of Haley's speech, there are a lot of contradictions in that speech, a lot of Tea Party themes in there, and work will be done in the weeks ahead by us, by her rivals, to knock her down. Yes, we all understand that. We'll be knocking her down in the days and weeks ahead on CNN because we're a pile of Democrat hacks. Now, there's, it's fine if people want to challenge her and ask her questions and say, how does this re reconcile this with that? I mean, they're running around now trying to say, well, she's wildly inconsistent and flip-flopped on everything. First, she was for Rubio. Then she was for Cruz. Then she took a job with Trump, so she was for Trump. Then after January 6th, she was not for Trump. This actually matches a lot of Republicans. Most of the people I know were with Rubio or Cruz first. When Trump became the nominee, you voted for Trump. And then after January 6th, you said, yeah, not so much. So, yes, obviously politicians are politicians. And they're going to take, you know, they're going to finesse or manipulate or fuzz their positions. It's what politicians do. But, you know, if you're a voter, you, you know this. You know that politicians are going to hem and haw and flip and flop a little bit. You have to factor that in. Now, to some extent, voters flip and flop. Obviously, the media can flip and flop. You know, the media are we're tougher on Biden, and then he became the nominee, and you can't say anything anymore. This does tend to happen also in cycles where we talk about 2011 or 2007. The toughest coverage of a Democratic nominee is going to come in the off year. 
Maybe not so much with Biden this year because he's the incumbent. But the roughest year for Obama was probably 2007 when people weren't paying that much attention. You know, the roughest reporting on Hillary Clinton was in 2015 before she actually was in a primary. And then you either, most voters either forget it, and when you try to bring it up and say, how, how come you're not saying this about Hillary, they'll say, oh, we did that a year ago. That's old news. So what? She's taking money from Ukraine. Nobody cares. So, you know, this is the nature of the business. And so some would say to us, if we're sticking up for Nikki Haley, we're going to catch this on Twitter from the MAGA people where they're like, oh, she's worthless. Why are you standing up for worthless? You're a never Trumper, blah, blah, blah. Look, here at the Media Research Center, our job is to document bias against Republicans. All right. So we're going to basically come out in defense of everyone who runs. Maybe not Larry Hogan. Like, we're really not sticking up for Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney. If Liz Cheney runs, I mean, let's face it, is she going to get, is she going to be said, well, she's kind of a chameleon. <laughs> Nikki Haley's a chameleon and Liz Cheney's a hero because she flip-flopped to the right way. So, I mean, we are going to sound like we're defending all of them. Just like I mentioned to you in 2011, we end up coming out in defense of Palin, in defense of Bachman, in defense of Perry, in defense of Kane. It's not like we're going to vote for all of them. We're just here to say, here's what they did. Guess what? In every case, they acted like a pack of Democrats. That's what we do here. If you don't like it, you don't have to like who we're going to vote for. That's not really the point. You don't come to Newsbusters for advice on who to vote for. That's not what we're doing. We're not trying to do who's up, who's down. We're not, that, we're not Steve Kornacki here. We're not the handicappers. We're the media bias people. All right. Over on MSNBC, we had Kimberly Atkins store. She's still with the Boston Globe. I don't think so, but she was with the Boston Globe, which would tell you a lot. Another hack Democrat newspaper. Talk about somebody who did not like Mitt Romney at all in 2011, 2012. That would be the Boston Globe. Oh, yes. Kimberly was on the same thing. Oh, she opened her video talking about her. Her town was racially divided. Then she says, racism's over. That's just wokeness. She doesn't seem to have a clear message because she's trying to please everybody. She's going to please in the primary. And it just ends up falling flat all around. Yeah, that's interesting. Because they could have said the same thing about Obama. That Obama was, you know, suggesting America's been deeply racist forever. And yet America's ready to embrace him as president. Doesn't that seem sort of flippy floppy? Doesn't that seem like it's meant to please everyone? I mean, it was always implied, uh, vote for Obama or you might be racist. They did that again in 2012. We have to vote for Obama, the incumbent, or you still might be racist. But Obama, you know, they would, they would say it in a positive way. Obama has to negotiate complicated racial grounds, and he's a master at it. You know, that's like... Uh, then uh, later, Andrea Mitchell brought in John Bolton, who's a possible Nikki Haley opponent and certainly a Nikki Haley hater. Bolton said there's no serious case for her candidacy and that Haley comparing herself to Jean Kirkpatrick, the U.N. ambassador under Reagan, would be like comparing a destroyer to a surfboard. Isn't that nice? You want to talk about somebody who has no serious case for their candidacy would be John Bolton. 
at this point. Talk about somebody who's been on all sides of Trump. I mean, come on. So, you know, obviously it's easy for people to look at this and handicap it and say, well, Nikki Haley could be the Carly Fiorina of this cycle. You know, who knows? It's way too early to know any of that. You could say, as a Republican, well, isn't it nice that there's a woman of color in the Republican primary field standing on the debate stage, except you don't get any credit for that. We'll go back to this. 2011, Michelle Bachman, Herman Cain. Did it matter? Not to the Democrat media, it didn't. Then, of course, there's Don Lemon. Everybody's seen this by now. Don Lemon saying Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that you know politicians aren't in their I think prime. You need, need to qualify. To are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking about prime for being just president? Say what the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google Google or whatever it is. All right, Google this, Don. Don Lemon is 56. Nikki Haley is 51. But he's telling her she's past her prime. This guy is just an embarrassment to CNN. Why is he still working there? Brian Stelter deserves to be there more than Don Lemon, but he's there Kareem Jean-Pierre. He's a double minority, so he can't be fired. But at least you have Audie Cornish, woman of color, formerly with NPR, who's, who talked sense. No one's going to look at Nikki Haley and say, she's, is she in her prime or not? She's in her prime for running for office. Political prime is what we're talking about. Well, that's obviously the case. I mean, it's moronic for Don Lemon to say somebody isn't in their prime when they're younger than he is. You know, this is people just saying they want to somehow trash Nikki Haley for saying it's time for a new generation of leadership. You know, Don Lemon wasn't going to say when Barack Obama ran for president, he was what, 46? They didn't say he was past his prime. He wouldn't say Barack Obama's past his prime now. It's, it's just a deeply silly thing. And you could tell the way Poppy Harlow, age 40, was responding when he said, oh, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, it's all over. And if that's your prime, how come he's so mean to Caitlin Collins? She's in her prime, Don. Don't knock her. You just know what you really would have wanted to see was when they went to commercial. You want to see what people had to say to him on the set once they were off the air after this you're, you're, you're past your prime after 40. <laughs> oh, Don, you're so stupid. What are we going to do? Well, apparently they'll keep paying him. Uh, you know, his brain has been strangled by those turtlenecks or something. But, you know, he's been mentally addled for a long time. 
And then, of course, let's go to uh, to wrap this up. Politico, Politico's trashing Haley. They had this in a tweet. In 2001, Nikki Haley reportedly listed her race as white on her voter registration card, and she never publicly explained why. She's also shown a willingness to embrace some of the dog whistles deployed by the current Republican Party. Now, on Twitter, people jumped right in. Now it says, readers have added context, you know, and that is there's not a South Asian box to check on your voter thing. If she checked black, how would that go? She checked white. Zaid Jelani had this nice response. Here's Kamala Harris's birth certificate. What did her mother, an Atamil Indian, identify as? Caucasian. That kind of ends that. You would like to think that Kamala Harris would call up Politico and say, that's kind of lame, you guys. And then, of course, just this whole notion. If you haven't heard me say this before, I get really angry when they start using the word dog whistles. The Republicans have dog whistles. How insulting is that? Just start from the premise that Republican voters are dogs. They're so stupid they need a whistle. This is, again, the code word game. When you say, I don't like racial quotas, there's no code there. The code words are, I'm for affirmative action. That's code. That's code for discrimination based on the basis of race. They're the ones that use code words. They use a lot of code words. They use a lot of code pronouns. I mean, they use code words all day and all night. Critical race theory. Yeah, that's just racism. You're just you're just teaching racial Marxism. You're getting it from Black Lives Matter, the ones who boast that they're trained Marxists. But I just the whole idea that somehow in a Republican primary, when you talk about race, you have to utterly give in to whatever the liberal wisdom is on race. I was one of these people who really liked Jack Kemp way back in like 1988. Because he tried really hard to appeal to black voters. And you know what the media did with that? They trashed him. Because they, again, they can't help but trash Republicans. It's what they do. So, you know, when he's running, as Dole's running mate in 96, they're not going to be pro-Jack Kemp. So it just shows you, you, Republicans can't, you know, decide what their strategy is based on what the media is going to like. Because the media is going to hate it all. So you have to negotiate around the media or right through the media. But obviously you have to like the idea that the Republican Party, if it's a party of ideas, or if the Democrat Party is a party of ideas, it should stand or fall on the ideas. Shouldn't all fall on, I'm for the whites or I'm for the blacks. That's not the way it should work. Now obviously you can divide white from black. Obviously, the Democrats do that all day long. Al Sharpton, week, weekend show on MSNBC. Professional racial divider since his teenage years. Racial hoax artist. So, yeah. Oh, but he's not divisive. Did we hear that one? MSNBC's not divisive. They only have Al Sharpton on staff. But, you know, this is the funny thing is that, you know, Nikki Haley, if she was a Democrat would probably be getting much better coverage. We all remember 
what it was like for Barack Obama. Uh, let's just go back. This is actually not even in 2007. In 2006, ABC's Terry Moran, who filed many stories with this tone about Obama. You can see it in the crowds. The thrill. The hope. This is before the thrill up their leg. So they were already on the thrill. How they surged toward him. You're looking at an American political phenomenon. See the advertisement? This is not news. It's advertising. People are naming their babies after him. <laughs> Terry Moran. What a maroon. So, I mean, obviously, this is what's going to happen. Any Republican who gets in the race is pretty much going to be trashed. And, of course, the other point is, so Nikki Haley sits down with Craig Melvin, and the whole line is, what about Trump? What about Trump? What about Trump this? What about Trump that? Now, obviously, Trump's going to be part of the campaign, especially if he's running. But it's, that's not every issue in the campaign. The American people have more things to talk about than just the guy who can't admit he lost last time. All right? Let's broaden it out a little bit. Why don't the news media actually act like they report to all the people, not that they're there to defend the Democrats at all times on all issues? That's generally what we get. That's why, if you want to know how that's happening on a daily basis, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day, all through 2024 and beyond.